what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith and i'm your other co-host Corey tyndall and this week we are here to talk about cinderella and the jungle book really i thought we were gonna do a impromptu jurassic world update jurassic world revisited <laughs> yes almost one year to the day they did announce a new director yeah uh, for it today and i couldn't care less but you're going to go see it. Because we're probably going to have to do an episode on it. We will have a retrospective coming up soon. I oh don't know gosh. when, but maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I saw a tweet that said, This next one better be called Jurassic Park 5 colon Jurassic World 2. Because <laughs> <laughs> when can we have a proper sequel? Yeah. That's Spielberg direct. Yeah. That'd be sweet. That would be sweet. Anyway, we are not here to talk about Jurassic <laughs> World. Uh, as much as Corey <laughs> wants us to become Jurassic World cast, yes. we're not here to talk about that. But before we do get into that, Corey, have you been watching anything this week? Um, not a ton, but I watched a random musical, uh, Godspell. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, my friend who, she lives out of state, but she got cast in a production of Godspell. And I was okay. like, I've never seen it. And so Hannah, of course, being the musical person, was like, we need to watch it. And she's like, I've seen a whole bunch before. And I watched it, and it was very interesting. It's basically like a uh, 70s retelling of one of the Gospels, like the Gospel of Matthew from the Bible. And it's very interesting with Victor Garber uh, standing in for, like, the Christ figure. Yeah. Yeah. I So when I was just out of high school, I think, or maybe my senior year of high school, it came to... Uh, my church, your church now. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the church I grew up in had, like, a live production of it. Oh, and wow. I, and I saw it, and uh, it was kind of weird. Yeah, it, it is very weird. It's very, like, kind of surreal, definitely like a product of the 70s. Mm-hmm. I think it's very well done and very well put together. And, I mean, the guy who writes the music, his name escapes me right now, but... Um, I'm going to have to look that up. But he's a very well-known uh, composer, and, you know, he's the guy who wrote the music for Wicked, the musical. So the music in it is really good. Um, it's just, it's a very strange concept. I was telling Hannah, I was picturing, like, it would be something along the lines of, like, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, or, like, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, where it's like, it's kind of like a period piece musical. And so this, because it was, this one was very juxtaposed, where it's like elements kind of from the Bible, but then set against like a 70s, like New York City. Yeah, it's kind of like The Wiz. Yeah, yeah. But with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was very interesting. I liked it. Um, 
Like I said, it was not what I expected. Very different. It's not Sondheim. No, no, it's not Sondheim, but it's the guy who wrote, like, the music for The Lion King, and, like I said, he did Wicked, so it's like, I... Schwartz? Yes, yes. Stephen Schwartz. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, that mystery has been brought to an end. But, yeah, the music is really good in this okay. film. So, yeah, so that's the only thing I watched, um, kind of of note, along with the movies we're talking about this week. So, what about you, MJ? Sure. Um, I saw a couple things. We are five episodes into season two of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's solid. It's not quite as good as the first season. Yeah. The first season <laughs> is just gold to me. Yeah. 30 Rock is, like, my favorite comedy of all time. Mm-hmm. I love that show. But Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt carries on that spirit of 30 Rock. Yeah. Like that weirdness of it. And I love it a lot. So it's all. It's definitely worth watching if you're a fan of the show. Yeah, for sure. There's a hilarious plotline about um, Lillian, their landlord, rekindling her romance with Robert Durst, the oh. serial killer, <laughs> and uh, Fred Armisen plays him to great effect to the point where I thought it was him. Oh, when he first showed up, I thought, I, man, it was so hilarious. But yeah, so we saw that, and then we also watched this movie called. Bowfinger? Never heard of it. Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy in 1999 made this movie called Bowfinger and Steve Martin wrote it and Frank Oz, yes that Frank Oz, directed it. Oh. Yep. Were there Muppets involved? There are no Muppets involved. Frank Oz also directed the Steve Martin movie Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is also super good. Bowfinger is hilarious. (laughs) It's so good. It's, I don't remember the last time I liked a comedy movie that much. And it may be the last time Eddie Murphy was good in something. Oh. So basically, <laughs> Steve Martin plays this guy named Bobby Bowfinger, and he is a wannabe film director who reads this script called Chubby Rain <laughs> and decides that it's amazing and he wants to direct it and he wants to get this giant movie star to be in it who's played by Eddie Murphy. Well, he tries to get Eddie Murphy to be in it, and he says no, so they decide to shoot the movie guerrilla style and put him in the movie without telling him he's in the movie. Oh. So they just <laughs> stalk him and find him in public places <laughs> and then hide the camera and then have the, the other actors in the movie run up to him and deliver their lines. Oh. <laughs> and it is hilarious. It makes for some hilarious situations. Oh, wow. Because it's an alien invasion movie. Oh, okay. And Eddie Murphy's character already thinks he's being stalked by aliens in real life. Yeah. So when they start coming up and yelling things about aliens to him, he's buying it. <laughs> for realsies. Uh he's part of he's part of a a religion that is very much a parody of Scientology. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that has something to do with it. And I actually was very surprised that that was like already a joke in nineteen ninety nine. I feel like that that kind of Yeah. Like Scientology stuff didn't really break until like two thousand five, two thousand. Yeah, with like Tom Cruise. And... Yeah, with Tom Cruise and stuff like that. So even back then, like that was already like a joke in Hollywood. And oh. there's a lot of this like 
there's a lot of like Hollywoody jokes in it because it's about people making a movie. So it's yeah. it's basically like Steve Martin being frustrated about how movie making works. Oh, <laughs> and he just put it into a script. But it's That's so funny. So funny. It's on Netflix streaming. Watch it. It's super worth watching. Okay, I will. Steve Martin <laughs> and Eddie Murphy don't get a ton of screen time together, but it's for the better. Mm-hmm. And I think Steve Martin knew that because Steve Martin basically writes scenes for each each of them Yeah, that plays to their strengths. And they're both very loud comedic voices. They both have very strong comedic points of view Mm -hmm. so if they were in a bunch of scenes together they'd be stepping over each other not like in a one-upping competition way but it would just be two voices like at the same volume at the same time yeah so it's very much like when eddie murphy has scenes he gets to do all the stuff eddie murphy's really good at when Mm -hmm. steve martin has scenes he gets to do all the stuff steve martin's really good at yeah so it's really smartly written that way because steve martin's a genius and of course he wrote it that way yeah but I, i thought it was a really good choice um, there's also a really impressive car chase that happens in this movie, oh. <laughs> which I was not expecting. It's all in reverse, and they didn't, they huh. didn't, uh, like, reverse the film. They didn't shoot it forwards and then rewind it. Or if they did, I couldn't tell. And usually you can tell. Yeah. So it was, it goes on for a while. Wow. And it's all totally in reverse. I was really impressed. <laughs> wow, that is, you wouldn't expect that. Nope. But yeah, it's totally worth watching. I I had such a good time with it. Like so hilarious. And <laughs> it's also really interesting because there's some jokes in there that I think you couldn't get away with in 2016. Oh. And 1999 <laughs> wasn't that long ago. It was less than 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. it just it's like, "Oh man, we've, you know, yeah. our tastes have evolved quite a bit." <laughs> since then like there's a scene where he goes to get his film crew and he goes to the border and just picks up a bunch of illegal immigrants and that's his film crew yeah now but like you hear a mariachi band and bullets in the background i was like oh that's offensive in 2016 (laughs) like people would not be down with that if you did that now and so it was just it was interesting to just kind of see how that worked Mm -hmm. you know how, how how like how much that has changed in not a lot of time. It's yeah. Basically with the advent of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> people have gotten a lot more sensitive, so... Yes, they have. It was, uh, it was just like, oh, man. <laughs> like, that happened really fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, d- oh, man, go watch it. It's so worth watching. All right, yeah, I will. It is hilarious. And that's about it that I watched. So, a lot of news this last week. Yeah. Anything specific you want to hone in on? Yeah, we got a Doctor Strange trailer. Yeah, we did. What did you think? Kind of weird. Okay. Kind of like it. Um, I know that you had mentioned, I think probably off mic when we were talking, the director, he has his roots in horror. Scott Derrickson, yeah. So, he did the first Sinister movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm interested to see kind of like how his sensibilities play into things. There was even some stuff like kind of like midway through the trailer where I was like, yeah, I could, I could see, like, kind of, like, the paranormal direction. Like, there was, like, that one shot where it's kind of, like, it looks, like, all surreal, and you see, like, the three, like, reflective images of, mm-hmm. like, you know, New York or whatever, and it's like, okay, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with this. 
Yeah, I think it looks super good. Yeah. I think it looks so good. And I know you're not that hot on Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm not. I think he looks amazing in this movie. (laughs) Mainly, he's doing, he doesn't have Cumberbatch voice. He's doing American accent. And he's not bad at it. Mm -mm. I was very surprised. Very, very surprised. Um, Yeah, I think it looks cool. And it looks like this kind of visual blend of the matrix and inception yeah i saw people calling it for a ripoff and i calm down internet it's too strong of a word (laughs) influences yes sure but it's not like inception cornered the market on cities folding in on themselves (laughs) or the matrix cornered the market on dojo scenes like (laughs) with bald people that's it like that yeah so dumb anyway so I thought I thought that trailer like worked super well. Yeah. I really really liked it. Um, I'm really looking forward to that movie way more than I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Also, Chiwetel Ejiofor is in it, and I really like that guy. I think we got two of the best prominent black actors working today in the Marvel universe now. Oh yeah. With Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther and um, Chiwetel Ejiofor as mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wait, I know it. Um, not Dormammu. Uh, gosh, I'm failing my... Uh, what is his name? What not, is his name? Not Dormammu. Uh, that's the guy he ends up... All I can think is Baron Zemo, but I know that's Baron wrong. Mordo. Baron Mordo. Mordo. There okay. we go. Okay. It was Baron something. Yes, it was Baron. Okay. So yeah, as Baron Mordo, and I think we just need Michael B. Jordan in there, and they got the kind of the like the three best working black actors yeah. today. Um, maybe we get Miles Morales as Michael B. Jordan. That would be sweet, but be I want to see a good Peter Parker. Yeah, fair so, enough. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I'm super on board with uh, Doctor Strange now. Yeah, like. Also, did you see the poster they released for Doctor Strange? I don't think so. They released this poster that is the best, like, probably my favorite Marvel poster to date. Really? Yeah, it's just him standing in front of the uh, Sanctuary Santorum? Yes, yes. Yeah, and, but he's, like, got his hand up in, like, the Doctor Strange hand, Mm -hmm. but they've got his face is still, like, over it, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I'm holding my hand in front of my eye right now but it's like if you could still see my eye on top of my hand oh but it's just like really colorful and and like kind of surreal and cool looking yeah plus i think the doctor strange outfit looks so cool yeah it's it looks way cooler than you would think it would uh translate into a live action movie i'm excited to see how they're going to tie him into the marvel cinematic universe because he Kind of because, I mean, like, he is, like, the magical realm of things, and so a lot of his, like, nemeses tend to be kind of, like, these larger-than-life forces that, you know, it's like, they have huge ramifications on, like, the whole universe. So I was kind of, I've been hearing a lot of people kind of, like, guess that, like, oh, he'll have his own movie, like, this will kind of be, like, his origin, and then he will kind of be, like... Like, to kind of take a backseat in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he'll probably do some stuff in, like, a <clears throat> ugh, Infinity War. But, oh, okay. But, you know, there probably won't be, like, a sequel to this, because it's, like, like I said, his villains are very kind of, like... Esoteric and strange. Yeah, like a big squid monster that comes and 
can like suck people's souls. So yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Can I just have some Doctor Strange <laughs> movies now? That sounds sweet. I, I want to see that. He's got a very interesting rogues gallery. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I didn't. I don't know anything about that character. Yeah. I don't. I I have minimal understanding of him it's like i've seen him cameo a lot in other people's comics and so mm. that's kind of how i know him so yeah all i know is that his character costs too much money in uh dice masters oh, <laughs> that's okay. all i know about him uh yeah so i'm i'm really interested to see what happens <clears throat> there and uh, yeah we'll take a break and we will come back and talk about cinderella and the jungle book mm-hmm <laughs> So yeah, we're here to talk about Cinderella yes. and the Jungle Book. And we'll start with Cinderella because mm-hmm. this was the first movie that in earnest kicked off this live action... Disney cinematic universe. <laughs> kind of. They're not crossing over, thank God. <laughs> um, but this sort of live action like remake train yeah. that they're going on. It was pointed out to me yesterday that uh, Alice in Wonderland may have actually done that. Really? Yeah. Well, because th- that came out like a few years ago, and it did enough money. I mean, the movie wasn't that great. No. But it did enough money to get a sequel this year, and uh, which confuses me. Yes, but... me too. Um, but it also probably made enough money to make Disney realize that it was probably viable to do this with a bunch of their properties. Yeah, yeah. So Cinderella kind of really kicked it off in earnest of, like, yes. we're getting a cut one to two of these a year mm-hmm. for the next, for the foreseeable few. I mean, they just announced Peter Pan last week. Oh, really? Yeah. We which talked is, about we that. We talked about <laughs> it at the end of last week's episode. Like, the day after we recorded, they announced that Peter Pan was going to be happening. All right. So, yeah. Um, Cinderella really kicked it off. So... Corey, do you want to give people a breakdown of, one, the story of Cinderella, if you're unfamiliar, and two, <laughs> kind of like what your expectations were for the movie before you went into it versus how it played out? Yes, I can. So, Cinderella, um, for those of you uninitiated, is the story of a girl named Ella um, who, like, is living with her parents kind of in, like, this country estate, and as the story opens, it's like her parents... Her mom gets sick and dies, and her dad dies in different ways, uh, like, it's interpreted. But in this film, he dies, like, in traveling to a business, like, job, something. So he ends up dying, and in between, like, his first wife dying, he has remarried um, to this woman who has two daughters. And so these become Cinderella's stepsisters and, like, her stepmother. And... The woman is just, she's not very pleasant. And so after Cinderella's father dies, she's kind of like left under their care and she kind of becomes like their servant. And, um, you know, she has, she kind of has like this, the spirit in her of like, you know, wanting to like love people and do good to other people. And like her stepsisters and her stepmother are just so like completely against that and they just treat her horribly. And so... <clears throat> One day, the kingdom announces there's going to be a ball because the prince of that kingdom needs to marry and find a wife to be queen as he becomes king. And so everyone gets an open invitation to this ball. And so Cinderella's like, I want to go to this ball. And her stepmother and her stepsisters are like, you can't go to this ball because we hate you. And that's the way things are. (laughs) 
So they end up going to the ball. Cinderella tries to like prepare like this dress and they end up like ripping it up and stuff and they're like, you can't go. And so Cinderella at this point, like her hope has like, she's tried to maintain hope, but it just gets diminished. And so finally, this is kind of where like the magical element of Cinderella comes in. And so she has a fairy godmother who shows up uh, for reasons kind of just because magic and <laughs> grants her a magical dress and like, you know, a carriage and all the trappings that allow her to go to this ball where she is able to meet the prince, kind of spend the evening with him. It's love at first sight, but all magic comes at a price. And so at the stroke of midnight, uh, the magic will wear off, like the last stroke of midnight. So she ends up having to like run out of the ball and she leaves her slipper. And then after that, it's like the prince and the kingdom trying to figure out who is this mystery princess and this girl and whatever. And so it all comes to a big conclusion when they have go around the kingdom trying on like this slipper that Cinderella left when she was escaping the ball. They're trying it on to all these different women to find out who is this princess. And they come to Cinderella's house and they try it on like the stepsisters and it doesn't work. And like the evil stepmother is like, I have no other daughters. And then, you know, kind of like magically Cinderella is able to try on the shoe because of circumstances. And the prince finds out that it's Cinderella. And then after that, they find each other and they live happily ever after. And so that's the very quick synopsis of Cinderella for those who are not familiar. Yep. And so after all of that, my impressions going into Cinderella, it's a Disney movie that when I was growing up, it's like, you know, you have your favorite Disney movies that you see, and then you have those other Disney movies that are like, oh yeah, I saw that, and it's fine, and, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not one of those ones that you keep going back to. For me, Cinderella kind of falls into that camp. It was like, oh yeah, like, I watched it, it's cool, or, you know, <clears throat> it's fine, but I didn't really have, like, an affinity to go back and watch it again, so... I think in the list of Disney movies, it's probably one I haven't seen in easily like eight to ten years. I don't know. So, my expectations, we talked about this last time. I was expecting to like it, you know, it's Cinderella. Um, and because we were talking about these remakes, I feel like Disney is using a higher caliber of like people involved with the projects. I was expecting it to be you know, of higher quality and that I would enjoy it and maybe it would kind of be a little bit modernized. And with Kenneth Branagh at the helm, I was like, I'm probably going to enjoy this because I've seen some of his other stuff and, you know, he's also done a lot of stage work and stuff. I'm like, it might kind of at times feel like a stage play and I'm okay with that. And so those were a lot of my expectations heading into the film. Um, what about you, MJ? Yeah, um, headed into the film, I was, I figured it would be good. It was, yeah. it was kind of strange to me that they, it seemed under-marketed. Like, I, I don't remember yeah. seeing a lot about it, and I remember it being straight-up news to me that <laughs> Kenneth Branagh had directed it, like, news months after the movie had come out in theaters. Yeah. And I was like, why didn't you lead with that? Like, yeah. I totally would have gone to see that in the theater. yeah. Had I known, I had no idea, and it was this movie that, like, I probably would have never gotten around to if it weren't yeah. for the show and this Jungle Book movie yep. coming out. <laughs> Me too. So, it was just, like, it was so weird to me that they undermarketed it, and I was like, well, Kenneth Branagh, like, this seems right up his alley. Yeah. And 
it seems like Disney maybe didn't have a ton of faith in it, which is strange because they're usually pretty confident about stuff like yeah. Mars Needs Moms yeah. <laughs> and uh, John Carter. So Ugh. it was it was weird that that one specifically seemed very undermarketed. Yeah. Um, so I was... I was confused <laughs> headed into it. I was because I was like, this should be good. Yeah, but Disney's acting like it's kind of not that good, uh, and uh, it's pretty good, man. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was just super solid. It's mm-hmm. not groundbreaking or astounding or anything, but it's a really well made movie. Yes, and Kenneth Branagh knows what he's doing. Yep, he. Um, Learn the art of editing for this movie. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's an hour and 45 minutes long. Yeah. Um, it gets in, tells the Cinderella story. Yep. Like, the, like, completely, uh, almost to, I would say, maybe greater effect than the animated movie. Yeah. Because you get to watch her situation change. Yes. From a very loving environment to this sort of um, darker, like, stepmother, yeah. stepsister relationship that she has. Which is really... Uh, not easy to watch. No. Uh, there's not, uh, there's not, I mean, it's still a Disney movie, so there's not a lot of, um, physical abuse that happens. Yeah. The closest it gets to that kind of stuff is when they rip her dress up. Yeah. But there's a lot of, like, psychological and emotional abuse yeah. that happens, and it's, like, it's really kind of, like, gross when it's people, like, yeah. when it's actual people doing that to each other. Kate Blanchett is mean. Yeah. She's so good in this <laughs> yeah, movie, man. Is. Oh, she I love really Kate Blanchett. She <laughs> is, she's really good. But I thought the movie was super well cast. Yes. I think that's that that like hammered it home. Because mm-hmm. I thought I thought Cinderella was really good. I thought yeah. <clears throat> Kate Blanchett was awesome. I thought Helen Bottom Carter was really good. Yeah. I really liked Prince Charming. Yeah, the prince was good. He was my favorite part of the movie. Him and the relationship he had with his captain yeah. was awesome. Yeah. It was like one of the best friendships I've seen in a long time mm-hmm. on screen. And I liked that everyone looked like, everyone was obviously attractive, but yeah. no one looked overly pretty, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Prince Charming was definitely, like, a good-looking dude, but yeah. he wasn't, like, Prince Charming good-looking. Yeah. Like, he didn't look like the cartoon Prince Charming. Yeah. And, like, Cinderella is obviously, she's, like, movie, like, she's pretty. Yeah. But she wasn't, like, overly gorgeous either, you know? Yeah. So, she was kind of, like, a normal-looking and, like, mm-hmm. kind of plain-looking. Yeah. Um, not unattractive, but she, like, had an overbite. And, yeah. like, her teeth kind of had, like, some spaces in mm-hmm. it that you don't normally see in a movie star. And I liked all those yeah. touches. I thought that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. I liked I thought there were good faces yes. in the movie. Yes. I, I, I just really liked kind of how we got to see, and like you mentioned... Just, like, a little bit more, like, I guess, exposition of the characters and stuff. So, like, you know, the animated film is fine and it's great, but, like, I could see how somebody could, like, latch onto this and be like, you know, I prefer this version of Cinderella, or just somebody seeing Cinderella for the first time, this would be their Cinderella. I just felt like I got to understand the characters better. Like, just seeing Cinderella in that transition from, like, this loving situation and her parents tell her to like have all this hope and transition to like with her, you know, stepmother and her stepsister, you get to understand like, you know, how she becomes Cinderella and you get to understand like why her stepmother is like more evil. You know, she gets a little bit more background. You get to see when she meets Prince Charming, Cinderella does kind of like 
it's more than love at first sight. It still kind of is love at first sight because it's Disney, but it's like even like how they talk to each other, you know, there's kind of this theme of like, you know, it's not like she's just pretty. There's more to, you know, her than just like her beauty. And yeah. I like that. I kind of like that all the characters got some more depth. Like, you know, the prince, yeah. he had more depth. Like he had a relationship with his father of like why this was an important thing. And then like the relationship with his captain, mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. It's just like all these nice little like flourishes that I just feel kind of like elevate the characters in the film. Yeah. And it's all really kind of elegant <clears throat> yes. the way it's, it's put together too. Like, Nothing is, like, overdone in the movie. It's yeah. all these... It's got a very light touch in, in everything. It's all these just little touches that you kind of yeah. see, which is cool because it kind of feels like... Um, it really evokes the time period, or at least what we know yes. of the time period through art. Like, yeah. a lot of these shots feel like paintings from that era. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, this is takes place in a fantasy land mm -hmm. from... from, But it's, it's evoking a certain era yes. of yes. world history, yeah. for sure. Um, even though it doesn't take place necessarily in our world, but a lot of the, like, especially the ball yeah. and the castle in general, like look very of that time. Period. Yes. Um, great costuming in this yeah. movie. All the costumes look so good, which is saying something because I never noticed costumes in this movie. <laughs> but like all of Prince Charming's outfits were like, str like they just took them directly out of the cartoon and put them on this. Yeah. Man. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, and just so like. It's so much detail in in the costuming, like, mm -hmm. really, really cool. I yeah. remember someone, I thought it was funny that someone mentioned, like, oh, I really like the way her her dress twirls. Yeah. But, like, it's really cool. Yeah. Like, the way they <laughs> did it, it's awesome. And it, because it's a Kenneth Branagh movie, I was like, oh, the ball is going to be awesome. It's yeah. It's going to look really good. There's going to be an extended dance sequence, and there's two of them. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a Kenneth Branagh movie. So... I just think Disney picked the right stuff to go into this Yeah, movie. and then even, like, Kenneth Branagh, like, the people he got involved with the project, mm -hmm. like, I kind of looked through a lot of them. Because there was a lot of them, I'm like, you look familiar, but I don't know where you're from. Some of them were on Down the Abbey, but a lot of them have a stage background. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, sense. I mean, it makes sense. It's like, oh, I'd look somebody up. It's like, oh, you were in some production of Macbeth. Mm -hmm. So... It's like, it makes sense, like, he would probably want those type of people involved in this. Yeah. Um, if it sounds like we're not, if it seems like we're not saying a lot about the movie, it's, I mean, it's it's a simple story. Yeah. Like, it's, it's one, <laughs> a classic story that everyone's pretty familiar with, but there's also not a lot to it. Like, yeah. it's still a fairy tale meant for children. Yes. So, there's not, like, a lot to say about, like, the plotting of, like, it's well-paced, yeah. but, yeah. It, like, the plotting, it gets this basic Cinderella beats yep. down, and... You can get that done in, like, ten minutes if you wanted to. You can yeah. get that done in two hours if you're ever after. Like, yeah. there's there's a lot of, like, ways to take it, but it's still all the ba same basic structure. With those little extra flourishes, I would yeah. mention. Yeah, and so that's, like, that's where the, the... It's weird that the meat of the movie lies in that, but yeah. it kind of does. Like, you know, it's got this very um, rigid plot that it has to fit into. So what he did is he took that rigid plot... And then put those little touches on it. Yes. That really kind of fleshed everything out mm -hmm. and made it work, man. Yeah. Like, it's a really solid movie. Yeah, I was interested the whole time watching it. Not like I was sitting down to think, like, this isn't going to be a good film, but it's like, we all know the story of Cinderella. Yeah. And so just to be able to see those little flourishes that just add kind of just more depth to the characters, like I mentioned, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So 
I'd say it's a recommend for both of yeah. us. Yeah. Like, seek it out. It's it's worth a yeah, watch. Like definitely. if you don't have anything better to do, I've killed time watching way dumber stuff. Yeah. Uh, there was way worse choices of movie. Yep. Um, yeah, so with that, mm-hmm. headed into 2016, they had announced that they're remaking The Jungle Book. Yeah. John Favreau, who directed the first two Iron Man movies. Yes. And Elf. And Chef. And Chef, which I haven't seen yet. Oh, it's so good. You need to go see it. Yeah, I know. It's on Netflix. Ah, oh, it's so good. Um, he is directing The Jungle Book, mm. and... Kind of seeing the previews, it looked sweet. Like, yeah. uh, my expectations were pretty high for it. Jungle Book is about a kid named Mowgli, raised by wolves, found found by a panther, raised yeah. by wolves, um, d- gets threatened by a tiger uh, named Shere Khan, who is kind of the, like, apex predator of <laughs> this, this uh, section of the jungle. And he basically tells the kid, I'm going to kill you. Uh, and uh, the wolves have to decide whether or not it's in their best interest to keep him, and they decide against it. So Mowgli's got to go to the man village and, like, assimilate to that society. Mm-hmm. And so the movie is about Mowgli's kind of journey from his pack of wolves to the man village mm-hmm. and sort of the characters he meets along the way. Yes. That's, like, that's kind of, that's an even more simple story than Cinderella. Yeah. And it's a longer movie. And, uh, so that's, like, the basic premise yeah. of, of Jungle Book. And headed into it, I thought the movie looked sweet. I thought the effects all looked really good. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about last <laughs> week, John Favreau can make a movie. Like, he knows how to put a movie yeah. together super well. Definitely. Um, he just makes, uh, really solid movies all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was actually expecting quite a bit from Jungle Book. I love, love, love the animated Yeah. Film. Uh, some of my favorite Disney music is in that one, and so I was I was pretty pretty high on on yeah. the look at it. And so, Corey, what did what would what, what did you expect out of it? I <clears throat> it was kind of like another one of those films, like for me, like Cinderella. I I like the Jungle Book. I like the animated, uh, you know, the original animated one. It has great music, but like kind of in terms of remakes that I want Disney to do, like, if I had my my pick, like, Jungle Book probably wouldn't be, like, my initial first choice. I'd probably be like, oh, I'd want to see this one remade or this one. All that to say, it's like, I was still like, oh, this will be, this will probably be good. The stuff I've seen, it looks good. Like, the CGI and stuff from the trailers, I'm like, oh, this looks, this looks pretty good. And I, I just, I kind of thought I was probably going to enjoy it, you know? It probably wasn't a movie that, like, if we weren't doing the show or something, I would have, like, sought out. Mm. But, you know, if it was something that was, like, on, or it's, like, maybe, like, hey, like, let's rent something, you know, for, like, date night or something with my wife, you know, I, I probably would have been, like, oh, maybe Jungle Book. So that those were kind of my expectations. I was thinking I was going to like it, but not necessarily, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, love this and it's going to blow me away. So how did that pan out? Um... I really liked it. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. Um, it was it was a lot better than I was expecting, and I didn't think it was gonna be bad. It just exceeded the good level I had kind of like pegged it for. Yeah. The CGI was amazing. There was a lot of times where like I'm like, okay, I know that's CGI, but just it, 
it looks so like lifelike. Yeah. And like the animals, I feel like they got their movements down like very, it very was crazy. Especially like the cats, mm -hmm. like Shere Khan and uh, Bagheera. <clears throat> yeah, Bagheera is like wow. Um, it was just really well done. I mean, like I thought all the actors were really like present in you know the the voice roles because yeah. sometimes you're like oh they might like phone it in or like you know but i just felt like they were all like very engaged and they're like we want to be here we want to do this effort was put into this film um and i feel like john favreau knows how to like direct films where even like in jungle book like there's a couple times where it's like pretty emotional and he mm -hmm. gets that emotion out of you mm -hmm. and i was kind of sitting there it's like okay i know the story of jungle book why am i I'm getting a little bit emotional here, like, you know, whether it be, like, Mowgli's backstory, like, when he's, like, a kid, and, like, how Bagheera finds him, or just, like, other stuff between him and Baloo, it's, like, it's, like, man. But, I mean, like, John Favreau, I feel like he knows how to get, you know, into the relationships mm -hmm. in his movies, and he's yeah. really good. <laughs> I mean, we talked about that last week, like, he started as an indie director, and indie movies are literally just people talking to mm -hmm. each other. And so he learned <clears throat> first the art of crafting a relationship in a narrative, yeah. which is so important when you're starting to make these bigger blockbusters, yes. because you need to be able to marry those two skills together to make you give a crap about the spectacle that's yes. going on. <laughs> um, so I, like you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like I cared about every single one of these characters yeah. in this movie, and there's not a lot of characterization for a lot of these characters, yeah. but there's just enough to like make you care about them and the performers are so present in the yes. role that they just kind of they command the screen yeah. even though they're nowhere <laughs> to be found and that's insane to me yeah because i'm used to that from voice actors i like voice actors quite a bit so like yeah. you know rob paulson and mm -hmm. and uh oh gosh uh what's his name billy billy he's uh freaking um He's Fry. Oh, He's, oh, uh, uh, Billy West. Okay, there we go. There we go. Billy West. Um, you know, <laughs> Billy West. I love Tara Strong. Like, I like that world yeah, of voice actors. Yeah. I'm used to them being able to do that. A lot of times, when you get these big name celebrities who lend their voices, it doesn't pan out as well because they're not professional voice actors, so yeah. they don't really know what to do. But man, every single one of these actors just yep. is so there with yes. just their voice. It's amazing. Like I, I would like to see how they directed the voice. Yeah, the, the these actors to do the voice roles, because it's it's very um, gosh, it's very in the moment. Like every time Shere Khan comes on the screen, it's like oh my gosh, he's terrifying. He is. Terri like legitimately terrifying to the point where I was like a little worried about some of the kids in yeah, my Yeah, I know. I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, this is a little bit <laughs> kind of like more intense. Yeah. And I, I I put on Facebook after we were done, like <laughs> there were a lot of kids at that remake of The Revenant we went yeah. to today. And um, I was like kind of half joking <laughs> only because it, it, it actually, the movie hits a lot of the same themes that The Revenant does, but takes like half as long to tell and talk about it because it's very much about like mankind's relationship to nature like yeah. that's like that's honestly the heart of that story yeah um i don't know if that's what Richard kipling's jungle book is about i think it's more about the british taking over india yeah <laughs> um so I, I think that's just in this story they were telling but it's very much like at what point 
has man gone too far in nature? Yeah. You know, at what, and it raises a lot of those questions. So there, I was like, man, there's a lot of like really philosophical stuff going yeah. on in this movie. And I thought it was really interesting because they keep telling him like, oh, well, we have no room for your tricks yeah. here. You know, like there's laws of nature and we need to fix them. And you're basically throwing off the entire balance by having these inventions. Yeah. But ultimately it's about nature, like finding that balance with humankind and, um, and how to coexist basically. And yeah. like, that's a pretty deep theme, yeah. for a movie, but it's so there. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. That was one of the biggest themes I got out of the movie. And I was like, what a chance, man. Like, what a yeah. risk. But on top of that, this movie looks incredible. Yes, oh, my gosh. I I think it's the best CGI I've ever seen. In the yeah, movie. I was going to say, this is how you do CGI. Yeah. it's And it's so, it's so funny that, you know, last year we were like, Star Wars has all the practical effects. And Mad Max has all the practical yeah. effects. But this year we're like, the Jungle Book has the best CGI. Yeah, like, it does. We've done a 180 in a year, not because, like, we still think, that, like, now we think Patrick, now, bah, not because now we think practical effects are dumb, um, and even when we were like, all the practical effects last year, it wasn't because we thought CGI was dumb, it's yeah. just we hadn't seen it done super well in a yep. long time, and, uh, so I think we got kind of sour on it, and so yeah. we saw these practical, and we hadn't seen practical effects done super well in a long time, Yeah. so we got all these practical effects last year that looked great, and now this year we got the CGI movie that looks great. Um, I like I said, the best CGI I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's insane. You're gonna see this, and then you're gonna go watch, you know, the Michael Bay produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. And you're gonna be like, oh my gosh. Yeah, there's no excuse. I feel like yeah. there's no excuse for bad CGI anymore <laughs> after after this movie. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why all the CGI can't look like that. Yeah. Um, and like. Bagheera was dope. He yeah, was, was so Serban yeah. Kingsley was so good in this movie. Gosh, they were all so good. Yeah, uh, Bill Murray, one of the best Bill Murray yeah, performances yeah. I've seen in a long time. Idris Elba, who gosh, I like. I, I'd be I usually, scared to be in a room with that man. Yeah, right. Like I usually am like, eh, Idris Elba. Like I don't really get the hype, but this movie I was like, Damn. I get, yeah, <laughs> I get the hype now. Yeah, he was so freaking good, man. Ugh. Everyone just really committed to yeah. to what they were doing, and I loved it. Like, it's so good. Yeah. It. Uh, and the 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 kid who played Mowgli, I don't know his name. He did a great job too. Oh yeah. We were kind of talking about that. I mean, like, to to be interacting with a lot of like CGI stuff. You know, it's like wow, that is. That's amazing. I was watching the film. I'm just like, this kid had to act to like a whole bunch of green screens and maybe like puppets in green screen, like, you know, costumes. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Like he never breaks that illusion. Yeah. That I could tell. Um, I had heard some people saying that he has shifty eyes in some scenes and I was looking for it and I couldn't really tell. Yeah. I, I didn't pick that up at all. Yeah. Um, I thought he did amazing, like a really solid kid actor. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he was really good. When you brought up the, um, that you got emotional, there's a scene near the end, right, almost right at the end, right before the final showdown with Shere Khan, where he brings fire back to yeah. the area, and they're all scared of him, mm-hmm. and then Shere Khan shows up, and he gets rid of the fire, and is like, I'm gonna fight you like a wolf, Yeah, and they're like, you're not a wolf, you need to fight him like a man, and Shere Khan's like, you dummy, yeah. like, why did you do that? And Baloo just starts the the, 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 the wolf. wolf law of the land, yeah, yeah. law of the jungle, and 
then it tur- like it becomes this moment where the the entire jungle starts reciting it even though it's mostly just one pack of wolves yeah. there but it, it ends with this like in huge uh yeah. swath of animals reciting yeah. this and i got legit chills when yeah. that happened i was i was super on board with that moment it was gosh it had the emotion and just even like some of the some of the intensity like during like some of the fights with Shere Khan like yeah. whenever there was the encounters of like you know like about halfway through the film when he chases Mowgli into like the deeper jungle and like you know Bagheera tries to like stop him I was just like okay I'm all in here I'm yeah. all even that last fight sequence when like Baloo and Bagheera like try to stop Shere Khan it's like Dang, this is a little intense for a for a well, children's movie. He shot it like a freaking board movie. I know. Like, <laughs> the camera work in this movie was incredible too. Yeah, like I, I didn't feel lost in the action. Not at all. Uh, and there's just really cool moments too where the camera will move. It does that cool J.J. Abrams thing. Yeah. In it, uh, that snap zoom. Yeah, where, where it's, it's like, yeah. It pans and then finds something to focus on and zooms in on it. It does that when Shere Khan's running into the woods at the, or into the jungle at the end of the movie. Yeah. Because Bagheera hops up onto this rock to find him and we go into like basically Bagheera vision. Yeah. And it's just like, he's panning and he stops on him and he zooms in and it's such a good moment. Gosh. There's one moment that I loved when... Mowgli gets kidnapped by the monkeys and Baloo and Bagheera go chasing after him yeah. and Baloo jumps in the water oh, yeah. and Bagheera jumps on top of him and there's a bunch of water on the lens of the camera. Yeah. I loved, that was one of my favorite moments mm-hmm. of the whole movie. It was just a small little thing but I was just like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, man. Yeah, John Favreau, like, he's so talented. Yeah, he knows I, what to do. He needs to do a standalone Star Wars. Yeah. I think. Or episode nine. They might, they might give it to him. Maybe. Take it away from Colin Trevorrow? Uh, you know you want Colin to have another chance. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. I mean, maybe I do. I don't. I like I, his I, first movie. Anyway. Anyway, that, that, that's not what we're talking about. But, yeah. man, The Jungle Book was so good. It, I... It was... It was just... It was more than I was expecting, and I was already expecting it to be good. The emotional intensity I got from the film... And just, like, the deeper themes that were there. I was just like, I was not expecting this. And, again, it's one of those things where it's like, if this is your first Jungle Book, I could totally understand how, like, this would be your Jungle Book. You wouldn't need to go back and see the older one or whatever. And, you know, it's like, I have some attachment to the music. And they kind of paid a little bit of, like, homage to that. You know, even in the scene with uh, Christopher Walken being King Louie. Oh, man, we got to talk about that. Gosh, I... (laughs) That was great. I love how they kind of like framed him as like the mob boss of the yeah. jungle. He's like, you look yep. at you looking for fruits. I got fruits for you. Yeah. You're looking. For... <laughs> I was like, what? It was. Uh, that was probably the scene that broke my immersion the most because I could not take Christopher Walken seriously. I feel like it. they kind of made King Louis look like him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they gave him blue eyes. Yeah. And I was like, come on. <laughs> come on. Uh, did you stick around through the credits to listen to him singing? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. sweet. He sang, he sang I Want to Be Like You, and it was awesome. Yeah. And right after that, Scarlett Johansson did sang... Did the song. Yeah, Trust in Me, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, oh gosh, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, and it... It was weird, it was, it was... The structure of it was super interesting, too, because it... It's kind of a kind of an abstract structure for a kid movie. Yeah, it's very um, 
kind of vignette driven like a lot of the events yeah. don't really converge onto a main story yeah it's like, like there's kind of like a there's kind of like i guess like a main kind of like thoroughfare that the movie moves across but yeah it's very like vignette yeah like it's like the car scene has no bearing on the rest of the movie yep. whatsoever yeah. aside from the fact that Mowgli now knows that Shere Khan killed his father. Yeah. Um, the King Louis scene has no nope. bearing on the rest of the movie whatsoever. Yeah. Except Mowgli knows that about the fire, fire. being yeah. power in the jungle. Yeah. Which gives him the idea to go fight Shere Khan with fire. Yeah. So it just like a lot of that kind of like it's not dead ends, but it just. It doesn't really affect the main story, and I feel like a lot of kids' movies wouldn't take that risk. Yeah. You know, they would focus on telling just the main beats of the story, but if they did that, the movie would be six minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> long. So, I don't know. I, I think that it, this movie is really good, and yeah. Disney has been on, like, they've been on a crazy kick even for Disney this year. Yeah. Like, between Zootopia and this. Gosh, like I'm ready for the next one. Let's bring it on, baby. Alice in Wonderland. I for a good Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> um, I'd be I'd be on board for that. Oh no, <laughs> I guess their next one is Civil War. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, just even of the oh, Disney remake. Oh, of the I Disney know we're getting Beauty and the Beast next year, right? Yep. Well, we're getting Pete's Dragon later on this. Oh year. yes, that's true. Yep. Which doesn't look that good to me, but we'll talk about that later in the summer. <laughs> um, Spoilers. What? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, D- uh, Disney's Beauty and the Beast is coming out next year. Yeah. Um, Come on, I'm ready for Aladdin. Gosh, yeah, gosh. that's the one I want them to do really bad. Man. Yeah. Although I'm pretty stoked about Beauty and the Beast because that's my favorite Disney princess movie. Yeah. Is Beauty and the Beast. So we'll see. I, I have high hopes for And that. we'll see how Aquaman does and then we might get a little mermaid. Yep. I, I think that... I mean, like you said, you're ready for the next one, and I think that this this movie in particular solidifies the fact that Disney can remake these movies. Yes. And have it not feel like a cash grab. Yep. It, it really feels like it's coming from the, a, the, a good place. Yeah. And that they care about it and they want good talent involved. Like, they want to yes. make these movies good first and foremost. Yeah, and that is... I was talking about this earlier with my wife, and I was like, I feel like that's the big difference between these and, like, this isn't to throw hate on anything else, but, you know, stuff like Jurassic World or the new Ghostbusters movie or just, like... Or that Peter Pan movie we saw last year. Yeah, the other Peter Pan movie. And... Or even, like, the second Star Trek movie. It just feels mm-hmm. like some of... It's, like, kind of like, hey, where is, like, the nostalgia? Let's just, like, bring it forward so we can cash grab it. And, like, it doesn't really feel like people kind of, like, are revering these things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of like, we... You know, it it's kind of an established IP. We can make money off of it. Let's just do it. Whereas, yeah. like, these Disney films, everything feels very intentional about them. The choice of director the choice of the people who get involved with it, like the actors and stuff, it doesn't just feel like, hey, we're here and we kind of have like the big name behind us, so let's do this and make a lot of money, but I don't really care. It doesn't feel like that. Yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of nostalgia baiting when these could easily be that. Yes. And still probably make the numbers they're making. Yeah. Um, You know, it made like $102 million this weekend. Wow. Which is insane. (laughs) Um, I I know we both had the problem where it was so loud. (laughs) Uh, and then I almost got hit. 
So Yeah, MJ almost fought a guy. Yep, I almost had to take a punch. Rumble in the Jungle Book. Oh, that was the best. <laughs> that made my day, man. That was worth me getting up this morning. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so this guy... Um, it was I, it was a group of three of us. It was my wife and then me and then my friend Robert to the right of me. And Robert and I went to go get food and I came back before Robert did and I was sitting next to my wife. And so it was Robert's chair and then two seats and then another family. And the two seats on the other side of Robert's chair was a woman and her two daughters. And then her husband came up and she goes, there are only two seats available here. Do you want to just do one and one? We're like, I'll take one of the one of the girls and you take one of the girls. Mm-hmm. And then without saying a word, this guy just sits down right next to me. <laughs> and I was like, hey, man, that seat's saved. And he goes, I was here first. There's no such thing as saving seats. <laughs> and I was like, no, he's here. He just went to go get food. And my wife goes, he went to get food like you did. Because this guy came back with popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> and he looked at me and all I could take, all I could think while he was looking at me was, I'm going to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's gigantic. He's really tall. He's wearing a tank top, so I know exactly how big his arms yeah. are. Yeah, <laughs> and they are also very big. And most of his weight, most of his <laughs> largeness comes from his torso, which means he's got super long arms. Oh man! And I want to get hit at the Jungle Book. <laughs> That's all. Like I've never been hit before. <laughs> man, and it's so be Fight Club at the Jungle Book. <laughs> So he looks at me like, I'm definitely going to hit you, man. And then he turns around and looks at his wife. Uh. And his wife goes, that seat is saved. At which point I was like, you really need to be like, do you know how to count, lady? Because there's four of us and you pick two seats. Yeah. And none of that makes sense. Uh, so he then he got super cool about it. He was just like, okay, let me get my kids settled, man. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, go for yeah. it. And then they just left. They just left the theater completely. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. Yep. It was real weird. It was a really weird interaction. Wow. Yep. It was, I didn't understand. what. Like, I think part of it is he was this big guy who was used to being this, like, alpha. Yeah. And so he just kind of was like, well, this guy's going to do whatever I tell him to do. Yeah. And then I, like, didn't, and it caught him off guard. He was the Shere Khan to your Aquila. It kind of felt like it. <laughs> But Aquila was also an alpha. Yeah. So not like more like my Baloo, where I'm no. just like I'm just here to eat honey and have a good time, man. Yeah. And uh, and then I had to be like, but also get out of my area. Yeah. Really. Uh, so if you go see a Jungle Book, um, don't get count, into a fight. Count your seats. If yeah, you go see the Jungle Book, make sure you have enough seats for everyone. Yeah. Don't get in the fight. Yeah. Yep. Man. So that's uh that was my experience before the Jungle Book, and then <laughs> there were two teenagers on the side of my wife who wouldn't shut up and wouldn't stop texting, Ugh. and then there was a very small little girl who kept a very running commentary over the events <laughs> of the movie, and also was actively trying to guess what would be coming next. Sometimes, most of the time, that's annoying. Sometimes it's funny. There was a little girl sitting behind me, and there was some of the scenes where it was like the intensity kind of like went up a bit, and I was like. You're four years old. You probably shouldn't be here. But when Shere Khan comes back and he just kind of like out of nowhere throws Akila like off the oh, cliff, yeah. it's just like you know there's like silence. And I was like, oh dang! And then like the girl behind me is just like, mommy, did he die? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was just like, oh. <laughs> uh, oh, so yeah. Yeah, and that movie's only PG. <laughs> but, like, a wolf gets murdered. Straight up murdered. <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> like, out of, it caught me off guard. Yeah. They're just talking, and it's very just kind of like, we're friends, and Akilah's like, I don't want violence. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> Shere Khan just throws him off the cliff. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. anyway. Um, Wonderman of a child's eyes. Yep. Uh, so... Uh, it was funny because I had just gotten into a conversation, uh, kind of a conversation online about um, crowds at theaters. Yeah. Uh, because the whole AMC texting thing had happened and stuff like that. And so there were people saying that, like, audiences were disrespectful and I disagreed. Yeah. And I was actually just talking about it with Robert, the guy who <laughs> went to the movies with him. And, uh, you know, because he was sending me these comments that some other people were making on a different website that he was reading about, like, Oh, well, everyone's so disrespectful and they don't yeah. do stuff. And I texted him, like, I go to the movies a lot. And I don't have a lot of problems with the audience. Yeah. Really, ever. Like, this was the worst audience <laughs> I've had in a while. And really, that guy was the only thing. And he was before the movie, so it didn't yes. even wreck the movie yeah. for me. Um, but, like, you know, I couldn't hear the teenagers. It kind of ruined it for my wife. I could hear the little girl, but also it was one of those things where I was like, well, I'm not your parent. Like, yeah. control your kid, yeah. Yeah. dummy. But also, uh-huh. like... I, I also kind of liked the like the little child processing yeah. all that um, yeah. taking into it. So it, like even that wasn't that bad. So we were talking. We were. It just led to this conversation of like, yeah, we live in this area that people make fun of a lot for having kind of crappy people in it. Yeah. But I've never had like a legit problem with an audience like outright ruining a movie for me yeah. maybe once or twice but never yeah i've never really had that problem i don't think so for me either yeah it's just not like i mean i understand like it, law of averages it's gonna happen in yes. my lifetime more than once yeah but it like i don't know it, yeah. it's just not a problem i've had to deal with so i thought that was interesting but yeah that's a that's a separate conversation yes. but it's kind of related to me <laughs> yeah. getting punched in the face yeah. At the Jungle Book. Throwing down at the Jungle Book. Yeah, man, rumble in the Jungle Book. Yeah. <laughs> Corey tweeted that at me today, and I thought that was the funniest thing uh, ever. Um, but that puts us at almost an hour exactly. Yeah. And we got to get out of here. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, yeah. The, you, in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook. Yep. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Twitter, at Before and After Pod. That's at Before, the mm-hmm. letter N, After Pod. Yep. Uh, you can tweet at us. Uh, you can tweet at me uh, at Cat in the Hat forty nine. Also check us out on YouTube. We've got some fun content up there, putting stuff up like weekly. So just kind of supplemental stuff to the show. Yeah. Um. And uh, spoilers. That's gonna be kind of a good resource for you over the summer. Yes. So very much go to YouTube. Look up the before and after show. Yeah. Subscribe. Mm-hmm. Share it with your friends. You know, it helps us out. You know, we're doing this every week. So just let people know. Get the word out. Yes. Definitely. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at mjsmith eight nine one. Um. Email the show, before and after show at gmail.com. Questions, mm-hmm. concerns, recommendations. Yes. Anything you want to know. And until next week, go watch The Jungle Book. Yeah. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>